This is a podcast from SPH Radio. The Sensitive Man. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sensitive Man podcast. I'm Simon Lim, and it's time for me to put the spotlight on the performing arts scene. Simply because I love the arts, and I feel that it's important to keep you informed of the latest happenings. So today I've got an exclusive interview with Jeffrey Tan, theatre director, creative producer of Theatre Today. It's more experiential, where you see our Singapore performers getting to know the Australian performers. And how, through this online connection, how do they share and present the story of same same? And hopefully, mm-hmm. audiences will walk away not just being entertained, but really thinking about, you know, are we really the same? You know, has COVID made us the same? The voice of Jeffrey Tan, theatre director, creative producer of Theatre Today, and he'll also be sharing with us about the upcoming exciting online collaborative arts project called Same Same. Find out what it's all about, and we'll get to know more about Jeffrey Tan, a veteran in the arts scene here in Singapore. He'll also dispense some good advice on appreciating arts in a different world today, and even debunk some myths about the arts scene. So, are you ready? Let's get into this interview. You're listening to the Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. On the Sensitive Man podcast today, let's hear from Jeffrey Tan, theatre director, creative producer of Theatre Today. Hi, Jeffrey. Welcome to my show. Hello. Now, Jeffrey, your upcoming online collaborative arts project is called Same Same and deals with love, life, and dreams. So, tell us more about it. Well, this project is an arts for good project mm-hmm. that I propose to the Singapore International Foundation. Mm. So, this is one of the six uh, projects that they shortlisted, but I think it's the only one that's online. So, this project really started with a friendship with Carrie Silly from uh, No Strings Attached. Mm-hmm. So, we were both uh, Arts for Good Fellows in the SIF uh, Arts for Good Fellowship in mm. 2018. Mm. And then after that, you know, we had such a great time. We kept in touch. And then what really moved uh, me was in 2019 when I was doing Open Homes in Brisbane, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie actually came down to support the show. And since then, we've been thinking, you know, how can we work together? And so when this uh, Arts for Good project came up, we pitched and we got the project. So this Why Same Same, you know, in thinking about what to do for this uh, project, uh, I think one of the things that that hit us was, you know, during the COVID pandemic, right? We're all stuck at home. Mm. And, And it got us really thinking about, you know, what's really important to us? Can we continue making art? Uh, how do we connect? How do you continue a collaboration, especially if it's overseas? You know, it got us thinking. And then I, I thought, okay, since I also know uh, Kavita from Maya Dance Theatre, mm-hmm. and she started this uh, Diverse Abilities Dance Collective. So I thought, why don't I work with their dancers and the actors from No Strings Attached Theatre of Disability from Adelaide? Mm. And so there was this crazy idea that we will, you know, hook up once a week uh, in August and then twice a week in September and October and then explore the whole idea of, you know, what makes us the same. And through the process of the chats weekly on Zoom, the themes of love themes of life and themes of dreams emerged. Mm. And so that's how it sort of came about. It it wasn't really just me coming up with the concept. The broad concept uh, came from me, the idea of, you know, how do we have a new friendship? 
How do we collaborate online? And how do we make sense of this whole mm. COVID pandemic that we are in? I think that's wonderful, especially the fact that, you know, uh, although we live in a very varied world, right? There's so many different cultures, ethnicities. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you know, it's that similarity, the common ground. What is really same-same? Yes. I mean, I, I'm really excited with this project because... Off and on, I've been working with people living with disabilities, mm -hmm. but never in a, in such a scale. Mm. And also on an international front, right? When you have uh, three people living with disabilities from Australia collaborating with four dancers in Singapore, mm. how do we collaborate? And how do we, in the process of collaborating, create a safe space so that everyone's comfortable not just being comfortable, but able to express themselves and their challenges. And I think this is a very special uh, moment because, you know, during the pandemic, we learned that a lot of people who are suffering are actually people who are marginalized, people who are not as visible. So I think this project gives light to this forgotten, sometimes invisible community. Certainly very important, and I'm glad that you're doing this. Now, Jeffrey, tell me about the various partners involved in this online collaborative. So the, the big uh, two companies that we've brought together are No Strings Attached Theatre of Disability from Adelaide, Australia, and uh, Diverse Abilities Dance Collective in Singapore. Other than the two companies, the performers from these two companies, I'm also working with Emma, who is a director uh, from Australia. So it's the two of us leading the seven performers. And of course, because it's online, we also need technological support. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it's you know, when you are trying to create a performance on Zoom, it's all brand new territory. And so we're all <laughs> learning how to not have feedback, just to make sure that everyone can log on fine. Uh -huh. Because one of the things we found is that, you know, we all assume that people can log on fine and mm. things will be well. And when things go, go as expected, you know, people get flustered, angry. And instead of trying to be calm, it can be quite awkward. And so I think one of the things I've learned from this project is to be really patient mm -hmm. and expect the unexpected. <laughs> so that's certainly one of the challenges you face. But were there other challenges that you had to deal with as well? Yes, yes, because it's the first time that we're collaborating. We also had to be very sure that we don't pressure everyone to mm. rush into a production, you know. And, and part of the whole Arts for Good process is about making friends. And at the end of the day, you know, we mustn't be rushing to create a show at the expense of the many opportunities of getting to know each other. Mm. And so we've actually focused a lot on the process. And it's a bit scary for some of the performers because they're used to having a choreography that they learn for weeks and weeks and mm -hmm. they drill. But what we've discovered in the process of uh, just letting them be themselves and communicating is that they are more than dancers, they are more than actors. And I think that's the beauty of this project, that people living with disabilities are also people. Jeffrey, what exactly will the performers be doing for the online audience? Uh, it's a performance, so it's a collaborative performance, and we are bravely going to do it live on Zoom, which means that, you know, on Friday, the 13th of November at 9.30am, okay. <laughs> We will be live and we will be doing the show concurrently with the Australian performers. 
uh, and in that late it will be 12 p.m. Mm. Uh, and because of their well-maintained COVID circumstances, they can have live audience. But for Singapore, with the state that we're in, we still can't have many live audiences. Mm. So we've decided to just be online. So what audiences can expect is really a performance on Zoom that they can see from Singapore. And then the Australian audiences will be live on Zoom with our Singapore audiences. Brilliant. I think that's going to be really fun and exciting at the same time. Yes, and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit more about you know your involvement in the art scene in just a minute. So stay connected to the Sensitive Man podcast right here with me, Simon Lim and Jeffrey Tan. The Sensitive Man. Jeffrey, let's talk about the art scene. How do you think the art scene has evolved since you know you were resident director of the theatre practice in 1997 and drama lecturer and acting head of drama with La Salle SIA in 1999? That was so long ago. <laughs> We're now in 2020. <laughs> but good memories, I'm yeah, sure. Yes, yes, fond memories, fond, fond memories, and important memories because I think those wonderful years of uh, working with the late Kuo Pao Kun mm-hmm. at the theatre practice really laid the foundation mm. of uh, not being too stressed about, you know, just producing stuff one after the other. You know, one of the things about the joys and fond memories of working with the late Pao Kun is the fact that he's not afraid to really dive deep and spend time to create. Mm. The fond memories is also having to work with three full-time actors to create the material. And I think that part of it is something that I quite miss, you know, these days where Mm. we are almost pressured to come up with something very quickly within eight weeks Mm. or so. You know, teaching at La Salle as well, there was a time where, you know, things were changing and we were really beginning to look at what does it take to create our own actors, Mm. right? Our own actors who are proud of our own texts, our own plays, and how do we capture that local voice? Mm. I think those were a very important period. And of course, these days, there are so many opportunities and so many companies. Mm. And if you ask me how has the scene changed, I think there are a lot more opportunities for young people to be involved in the arts. You know, despite the COVID situation where, you know, theatres are still closed or only mm. beginning to open now, you know, it's gotten us a, an opportunity to rethink deeply about mm. the kind of stories we want to tell and the kind of stories that are important to tell. That's how the scene has evolved. More opportunities, different ways of presenting stories, you know, with the whole COVID situation where things are forced to be online. Mm. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to think deeply about how we are using this technology, not just to play back what we've done in the past, Mm. but how can we use the technology to find new ways of connection? Uh, How do we find new ways of telling stories? And you mentioned about COVID-19. Now, Jeffrey, what do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has taught performing arts practitioners? I mean, is it resilience? Is it creativity beyond the stage? What is it? I think the first thing is not being afraid to stop. I think when you stop doing whatever that you're doing, Mm -hmm. it's scary, it's depressing, everything sort of like goes out of the window, right? Mm. But also when you stop totally, it's like a reset button, right? Mm -hmm. Where you then begin to think seriously, 
what is it that you want to continue doing mm. or what is it that you want to do, mm. right? So with the COVID, when we are stuck at home, we are all facing four walls, everyone's at home, there can be lots of tension. Mm. And so one of the things, weird things that I began doing was to walk in the morning with my father and sister. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a new thing. But of course, you know, the, initially it was quite adventurous. Then it got to a stage of like, this is really boring, right? We're walking the same route, <laughs> wearing the same mask. But when you continue at it, you will discover different things if you allow yourself to see, feel, and hear the sights and routes that we mm-hmm. take. So for me, it's been one of those where really I go back to the earlier point of, you know, not being afraid to relook at what we've been doing mm-hmm. and, and fine-tune the methodology or the process of how we're doing things to be clearer mm-hmm. in connecting with others. So for me, it's a, yeah, it's resilience. It's not being afraid to revisit, to dive deep. Uh, but importantly, we must recognize that there are cycles in mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. cycles in things. And sometimes stop or a, a closure mm-hmm. or a, it doesn't really mean bad, right? The Chinese idea of a crisis is weighty, right? Mm-hmm. So it is an opportunity could be a new beginning. Mm. And and because precisely that, that's how this uh, same same came about. Because I would never imagine collaborating during this period. But because many other things stopped and there were a few months of nothingness where I'm sitting at home and thinking, should I be looking for a new job? Mm. <laughs> right? But then the opportunity of this Arts for Good project came up. You know, everything just fell into place. It's wonderful. It's, yeah, so so I think the other emotion or the other value that I've uh, gotten from this uh, period is to be grateful, right? Mm. That, you know, there are so many things that can happen, but do we actually stop and acknowledge and be grateful for these opportunities mm-hmm. that come our way? That's so true, being grateful. And, you know, you feel better somehow when you look at things and say, hey, you know, at least I have this and that, you know, to go about my day. Uh, Human beings tend to be very adaptive. You know, we're able to adapt somehow. Yes. I've been in the scene for a long time, Mm. right? And one of the things I I keep asking myself, you know, over the 20, 30 years, I've seen people come and go. And Mm. one of the things sometimes I ask myself, you know, am I too stubborn to give up and move on, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you sort of realize, no, uh, there's so many things that still needs to be done, that still needs to be told. Mm -hmm. In 2015, I created this project called Open Homes, where I got residents to tell stories in their own homes. And when I first came up with this idea, people thought I was crazy. You know, oh, I love like, the idea. It's like <laughs> so good. I think that's uh, something you know that people should hear more of. Yeah, yeah. So, But it was very hard. I mean, the honest truth is it, it took me nearly a year mm-hmm. to convince the various partners. And mm. then in 2015, Ong Ken Sen, who was then running the Singapore International Festival of Arts, mm-hmm. and my bosses at People's Association saw the light and said, oh, this is a innovative, crazy idea. Uh, and we actually presented it in 25 different homes all around Singapore, mm. right? And at the end of that, I was like, how did it happen, right? And I think looking back, it's really about believing something that feels right for everyone. And everyone is clear that it's not for, you know, fame or anything else. But really going back to the main purpose of the project, which was for 
people to share ordinary everyday stories, mm-hmm. right? Or stories that we don't hear. And the, the project went so well in 2017. Uh, CIFA actually commissioned another version. So I had 30 homes this time uh, and 20 of those were in public housing. And again, you know, it was like, wow, how did I manage as an independent person mm-hmm. working with other independent makers? But I think those two lessons have taught mm. me that if you believe in something and, and we are honest and mm. clear about what we're doing, you know, people will come along and they will support the idea because it is an idea that benefits not just one person, but really the community at large, right? And so in 2017, one of the CIFA, they invited lots of uh, artistic directors to come and see the show. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, Todd McDonald from uh, Le Bois Theatre. Mm-hmm. He was blown away with the whole experience. And then he started talking to me to say, hey, you know, can we do something like this in Australia? And I'm thinking, wow, right? But it took us a good two years before it happened. And so in 2019, they flew me there over four different trips to work with the local theatre facilitators and 15 different families to tell their stories. Excellent. Yeah, I like the idea, you know, really like to use this as a platform to get people to tell their version of their stories that, you know, are unheard of. Yes. It was really unusual for the audiences, you know. Initially, a lot of people thinking this is a weird experience, right? Mm. Meeting at the bus stop. But what we found is that, you know, it's such a joyous feeling. You see the audiences really uh, transform from being a stranger, a voyeur, into a friend mm-hmm. at the end of the experience. And then it's such a engaging experience. They don't just stop at one home. So, you know, they, they actually went to four or five different homes. And what we began to, to see is that actually people talk about what they saw. And it was such a good feeling that it wasn't just the typical buy a ticket, watch the show, let's have drinks, goodbye. How interesting. Now, the world is also rapidly changing and due to automation and the upcoming robotic age, how do you see the performing arts scene in the near future? The scene cannot be diehard and stick to its old roots of just doing what we used to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will, can ever go back to our pre-COVID normal anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, expectations are different, experiences are different, technology is constantly developing and innovating. And I think the idea of interactivity, participation, two things that have almost become very common, right, that, that everyone expects. Speak to any young kid, you know, they are able to multitask, they are able to work between different windows and screens. Mm. Uh, the idea of AR, VR is something that we can't ignore anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was expensive, but now they are available. They are part of a vocabulary that we need to grapple with. Mm. And therefore, I think the arts, not to say that we have to do everything and include everything, because that's also dangerous. I think we need to be clear about what we are trying to do and how then do we embrace the evolving technology in helping us to do something that we can't do. Well, we'll catch up with you in just a moment. So I'm talking to Jeffrey Tan right here on the Sensitive Man podcast. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Jeffrey, it's been said that without the arts, a city has no soul. So what's your view on this in this age and time? 
Oh, definitely. You know, you can't live without the arts. Every day, there, there are things happening, right? Mm. And I think what the arts does is, it, the well-known uh, phrase that people use is, it holds a mirror to life, right? Mm. And if we don't look at this mirror to life, then how can we become aware of what's happening? Mm-hmm. How can we see the changes? How can we see the gaps? How mm. can we make the difference? Mm. So there are lots of things that happens uh, if we don't stop to look at what's happening. And, and I think the arts allows us to become aware of ourselves, our environment and the world that we're in through a very safe space, you know, whether you're listening to a piece of music in your own space mm. or uh, viewing a painting or watching a film or reading a book or watching a theatre performance. I think it's that, that intimate connection that you make with yourself and what's been the ideas that are presented in the art experience that gives you that assurance if, you know, we don't know what we're going through. Mm. Okay, the the technical word we use in theatre is metaxis, right? When, yeah, through the fiction, you suddenly realise, yeah, that's what you need to hear or that's what you needed to read. Mm. Uh, that, that assurance or that gratitude to know that things happen for a reason, mm. right? So, so I think the arts, other than awareness, really it's about that kind of a personal space to reflect, which reminds me of this this other project that I did. It's called uh, Remember When. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for the last, this is the sixth run. Oh, what was and it about? It, it's a creative writing workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it with the Arts House and it's been there. Mm. Uh, and it started really as a workshop for seniors, uh, working with seniors to transform their memories into monologues. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so it's a crazy little idea, but the way I, I've done it is quite hands-on. So they, they start not writing to a brief, which mm. is what a lot of Singaporeans are used to, right? Mm. Tell us the theme, tell us what you want to yes. write, and then we will write that. Mm. But the way I, I work is, I actually say, let's just uh, write subconsciously. Right? So it's very let's organic. Just, yes, yes. So through the through the uncensored writing, mm-hmm. that's why I do not subconscious, mm. sorry, uncensored writing, uh, we then discover what style are we inclined to. Mm. And then from that style, uh, awareness, uh, the stories that are important will begin to emerge. Mm. right? And then my role really as a facilitator is to then just help them shape uh, and clarify. Mm. Uh, and it's been really a moving experience. And this year especially, because you know suddenly I have to convert this physical class into an online class. Mm-hmm. And so after four sessions, when we finally met during phase two, where we could meet, uh, the participants, it was such a special afternoon because like for the first time they saw each other in real life. But what was really nice was mm. the kind of um, connection that they got through online. And then when they were together in the same space, they were really thankful for the opportunity to mm. share very intimate stories about their childhood, about life, about you know marriage. Uh, children and it's been a wonderful experience yeah right? getting seniors to engage I think that's absolutely wonderful thank you thank you now how can other aspiring performing arts groups engage with an audience of today because you've got tons of experience so someone who is you know like an inspiring person in a performing arts groups may want to know this I mean I, I started as an aspiring young person as well mm-hmm. so when I started in the 80s 
uh, I was excited by what I saw. I still remember the first performance I saw, which was uh, Treasure Island mm-hmm. by Act 3 at Brass Bassa Park. Mm. Three actors playing different roles in a public space blew my mind. And, and that got me, you know, really excited about the possibilities of theatre. So I would say go and watch as many different things because you may not like everything that you see. Mm. But when you see in the variety, then you begin to know which type and style of theatre you're drawn to mm. or which type of drawing, you know, you're, you like or music that you like. Uh, and then, of course, volunteer, right? Because all the companies need volunteers. It's very hard to run a arts event just, you know, relying on everyone mm. uh, by themselves. So they need as many volunteers. And if you can volunteer, I think that's a great way to know the company mm-hmm. and to, again, experience something that, you know, you, you get to see behind the scenes and all that. So I would say watch as much, volunteer, and support, you know, because if local arts are not supported by locals, then what will happen? That's true. Now, let's talk a little bit about your previous roles. You were on the National Arts Council's Arts Advisory Panel and the NAC's External Assessor uh, from 2016 (laughs) to 2018. So what did you learn from that experience? Well, I I think uh, life goes in circles, right? Mm. So I started as a, a young kid, then I worked with different companies, did my undergrad, came back, worked with the late Pao Kuen, went back to teaching, and then Theatre Works, I was at Theatre Works yes. as the Associate Artistic Director. Mm. And then I did my Master's after 10 years of working, came back, and I was actually working for the Arts Council. Mm. So I think probably they got me involved as an advisory panel because I've got both sides, uh, experience from both sides, both as an artist and also as an arts administrator. Mm. It's a long answer to your short question. <laughs> what I've learned is to be the bridge uh, because I've been on both sides, mm. uh, my role is not to represent just the council, but also the artists mm. uh, who are being assessed or who are being asking for various grants. So I, I see myself really as a bridge to make both sides have a clearer understanding of you know what each other are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, being an assessor, I get to see a lot of theatre shows. And, you know, it is, the honest truth, it's quite expensive mm. if you want to watch many things. Mm. Uh, but being an assessor, it's, it's given me an opportunity to see across the board from, you know, the newcomers uh, to the experienced companies, uh, what they've been doing. And being on the panel for two years gives you really a, an overview you know, of how the companies have grown, mm. how their audiences have grown, how their work has grown, or how they are providing opportunities for young graduates from La Salle and Nafa, or even students who have come back from overseas, right? How do they integrate back in our scene? So it's been a really eye-opening experience. It's something that, you know, if given the opportunity, please, you know, take it on and you learn as much as you give. That's great. Now, these days, everyone reads articles online. So what good performing and dramatic arts or art portals can you recommend, you know, for my podcast listeners to read? Okay, I think we must support our local uh, brand. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend artsequator.com. They're an online uh, website. 
And what's exciting about them is they don't just uh, do preview and viewpoints, but they also do reviews. Mm. And what's exciting about uh, Arts Equator is it doesn't, they don't just cover Singapore. They cover the whole of Asia and ASEAN. And I think that's a unique position, you know, that we're not frogs in a well, mm. right? We, we need to really have that connection with our neighbours to find out what's out there. And yeah, look beyond our shores, our tiny little red dot. I like that. We're not frogs in the well. <laughs> I'm going to put that into, you know, the text portion of this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it's great. It's really great. It's going to wake people up. <laughs> yeah. Then the other, the other website, I think that that's a good initiative from the Arts Council is the Arts Resource Hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, .gov.sg so mm. I think that's, that's really worth uh, checking out because mm. you know a lot of times you, we think of the arts as purely the arts mm-hmm. but another aspect of the arts are really the budgeting mm. the reporting the arts management mm. bits right so I think that's another website worth checking out and of course with more activities happening you need administrators and I highly recommend the producers.sg which is again an independent, you know, collective that a few producers have come to put together. Uh, and and that, I think that gives you an idea of what's happening, not just locally, but again, you know, the mm. various arts markets and all that. Uh, and of course, there are many, many others, but I think you, you mustn't miss out the sif.org.sg website because if you're interested in the arts outside of the context of the arts, mm. right? Like arts for good or working with, you know, the, our ASEAN or international collaborators. Mm. There are several good projects that can inspire you. So I, I think you should, you know, check it out. That is insightful and helpful for our podcast listeners. For my podcast listeners, I think they'll find it very beneficial. Well, more on Jeffrey Tan in a moment on The Sensitive Man Podcast. You're listening to The Sensitive Man I'm Simon Lim. Jeffrey, can you debunk some myths people have about the art scene? I think one of the biggest uh, worry that people have or myths about the arts is that it is uh, impossible to understand. Mm. I think that's the easy way out. Uh, but I think if you allow yourself to experience what you don't understand or what you, you don't get uh, in another way, you you will discover something. Mm. The three-step guide I usually use for post-show is, you know, let's not jump the gun by saying, what did you get from the show? But let's start with, what did you see? Right? So mm. if you start with what you see, it's easy. You can just say what you saw. Mm. Right? Visually, what did you see? And then from describing what you see, the next step is, uh, what did you feel? Right? And we all have feelings. And if you can articulate what you see and what mm. you feel, then the third part is not so scary mm. when you start to think about what you, you know, what did you think or mm. what do you think the artists are trying to do. Don't approach the arts or don't think of the arts as something that people don't understand. Mm. It always comes from somewhere. It comes from a reaction. It is an artist capturing, you know, a, a feeling or exploring an idea of what's happening mm. you know it's it's about making sense of the world that we're in and if you allow yourself to engage in that conversation in that experiment in that experience i think you'll walk away with a lot more things but if you go in with an arts experience uh, expecting something like mm. a film because it's the same then 
you will leave satisfied for that moment because you know what you're going to get. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of the arts because you don't quite know what you're going to get. Mm. You may think you know, but the process might give you something else. And I think it's that if if you allow yourself to be open, right? So one of the things I use a lot in open homes is for people to enjoy open homes or for people to do open homes, they must first have an open mind. Mm. Because if you don't have an open mind, everything is not possible. And when everything is not possible, then why do it? Mm. And when you have that open mind, the next thing is you need to have an open heart. And that's very hard to do because, you know, we are so conditioned to be calculative, to know exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. But if we trust in the connection that we've made and are grateful for this connection, uh, then you can begin to have a connection that you never thought of, Mm. right? To have that open mind, open heart, and then, of course, open homes where you then invite someone into your home, which is the ultimate welcoming Right and sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that uh, not being able to understand is one of the myths that, that people are afraid of. Uh, recently, I, I took a, a course on dramaturgy and, you know, I was given a very difficult article to read. Mm. And yeah, there were moments I felt like maybe I should give up and not mm. continue, right? But when I just allowed myself to dwell in the unknown, dwell in the uncomfortable, you begin to see and understand a lot more what the article is trying to do. Mm. And then when you start to talk to others, then you suddenly realize, oh, they also feel the same way. So, so you know, it's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to feel uncomfortable mm. because then you begin to make sense. Mm. And I think that's what it's about. Good advice. So who do you think are performing artists or creative people in the art scene that are rising in the scene? You know, people we should also follow on social media. Ayo, this is... <laughs> <laughs> who shall I say? I might get more, I might offend more people answering this question than to answer this question. I don't think it's just about following who's who, mm. right? I, I think... There's no point following a hot person mm. if you don't connect with what the person is doing mm. or the vision of what the person is trying to do. Mm. I feel that's more important than who's hot, who's mm. current, mm. right? Because like waves, you know, it, it changes and, you know, you, you can't. You, you, you will always be on this uh, catching up, right? And, and I, I feel it's more important to connect with someone or with an idea or with a company or with a story or a style of theatre that speaks to you mm. or a style of artist that excite you. Now, Jeffrey, when does Same Same actually take place again? So Same Same is this online inclusive collaboration mm-hmm. between No Strings Attached uh, Theatre of Disability and Diverse Abilities Dance uh, collective, uh, collective in Singapore. Mm. It's happening on the Friday, the 13th of November, and Saturday, 14th of November. It's just two days, mm-hmm. and there are two shows on each day. The times are slightly different, so it's best to check it out on the website. Uh, the registration for this show is at www. Same, same as in S-A-M-E, S-A-M-E, Singapore, at P-T-I-X, as in P-E-A-T-I-X dot com. Mm-hmm. It's free for Singaporeans, but if uh, our Australian friends are listening to this, they can buy a ticket and watch the show live at the Adelaide Festival Centre. Mm-hmm. 
And is it going to be a 40-minute performance? That's what I heard. Yes, yes. We are aiming for 40 minutes because it's it's a new experiment and we didn't want to stress, you know, our performance. Mm. Uh, and all this while we are rehearsing online. Mm-hmm. And if you've been online the last few months, you'll discover that it's not easy to get the attention of people for 40 minutes. Yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> so the, the more, you know, when you're trying to tell a story or when you're trying to do a group dance. So, so there are many little fun moments. Uh, I think it's going to be an unconventional presentation, mm-hmm. not the typical once upon a time story-driven performance. But really, I think it's it's more experiential, uh, you know, where you see our Singapore performers getting to know the Australian performers and how through this uh, online connection, how do they share and present the story of Same Same. And hopefully mm-hmm. audiences will walk away not just being entertained, uh, but really thinking about, you know, are we really the same? You know, has COVID made us the same? Thank you for sharing that with us here on the Sensitive Man podcast. A reminder once again about Same Same by Jeffrey Tan. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you for inviting me to share. And that was Jeffrey Tan, theatre director, creative producer for Theatre Today. You heard him on the Sensitive Man podcast. And be sure to look out for Same Same, the online cross-border dance and theatre production between No Strings Attached Theatre of Disability from Adelaide, Australia and Diverse Abilities Dance Collective, or DADC Singapore. Do also check out the links provided in the text portion of this podcast. I'm Simon Lim, and thanks for listening to the Sensitive Man Podcast. The Sensitive Man. The Sensitive Man is a production of SPH Radio. I'm Simon Lim, your host and producer for this podcast. Special thanks to Joseph McDade for the music. You can also find this show on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. And now you can listen to the Sensitive Man Podcast on the official SPH Radio app.